Dave, I don't know about you, but I feel like this uh, GPT thing, I think this is really going to take off. Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's like I, I can imagine one of these days we're just going to do an entire episode about uh, GPT. <laughs> well, I think maybe we, maybe we just make it this episode. How about that? Okay. That's yeah. a great idea. All yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have, have you ever uh, tried out the uh, chat PDF? No, I have not tried chat, P- uh, chat PDF. So this is not yeah. chat GPT. Correct. So um, imagine, uh, so like chat GPT, you know, it's like you're talking to it and it's pulling, you know, it's it's trained on the corpus of the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, so it is, it could be all over the place. It could be wrong. It could hallucinate and all that. Whereas with chat PDF, imagine it being like, chat gpt but it's constrained to a pdf file that you upload oh i i I like the sound of this so so does this mean so you basically feed it this pdf and then you can start interrogating it about the pdf yes yes oh yes yes okay yeah so you're so i don't have to read the pdf right right yeah the whole uh, tldr thing it's it's like for real so what can you do with that besides getting a summary? Uh, having it explain it to you, you know, mm-hmm. of like explain it to me like I was five. Like imagine like some heavy duty like science paper with a lot of, you know, Greek symbols and stuff like that, you know, having it up level. Um, no, I, it's like to me, it's, it's, it's just interesting in terms of just being able to ask it questions and, uh, you know, just poke at it. And, um, you know, it's it's good to read it, but imagine for like studying and, uh, you know, or, or something or jogging your memory of of what you've read. But uh, but it's basically like you're you're talking to this PDF file. That's nice. That's real nice. Does it understand? Uh, does it tell me, does it understand tables and charts and graphs? I don't know. Uh, probably not. You know, it's it, it it may be tables. Like I I know with like at least from an output standpoint, you could uh, like with traditional like any of the GPTs, you could tell it to output stuff in the table or output things in a bulleted list. Okay, okay, yeah, that's great. Well, I was hoping to drastically simplify the my preparation for my quarterly business reviews. You see, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just feed it all, feed it all my data, and then tell me how did I do compared to last year. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and that's, yeah, that is something I know the Salesforce is starting to get into. They have a thing called Einstein GPT that uh, it's trained on like the Salesforce cloud data that you have. And it's like, you know, tell me how my, you know, what what are the top opportunities that I have and, you know, that are most likely to close or what are the most uh, pressing support calls that I'm having and all that. And it could basically interrogate the the corpus of your, uh, uh, you know, service cloud or sales cloud or, or the different clouds that you have, and then have it, uh, you know, come up with stuff. And it it could be like Tableau dashboards, you know, create a Tableau dashboard that does this or that. And, uh, but it's, it's constrained to, 
the um, the data that you're you know you're training it on the data that you're giving it as opposed to just any random stuff off the internet. Yeah, that's real cool. That's real cool. Yeah. 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 And that's where, you know, the other thing too, is it's uh, I, like the co-pilots um, it's, I've been seeing that what Microsoft has one they were charging like, I don't know, eight, $10 a month or something like that. And now Amazon has one that's free. So that's, that's going to be really interesting in, in terms of just the competition that's heating up in terms of, of uh, you know, is it going to be like, like Gmail, you know, that, it's just going to be super commoditized. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How about what's going on with you? Oh, I've been playing around with uh mid journey. Okay. So this is the, this is a, you can provide uh, a set of prompts to this website. It's actually a discord server. So you, you provide a set of prompts. Uh, you could say, uh, for example, uh, two middle-aged white men, uh, recording a podcast that nobody listens to in the style of Norman Rockwell, mm-hmm. just as an example. And, yeah. uh, and then it sp- gives you four versions of that. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds hokey or it sounds kind of limited, but uh, there is a, it is bewilderingly smart. So you can say in the style of Norman Rockwell, in the style of Clint, uh, in the style of Picasso, uh, do it as if I took the photo with a Canon EOS SLR camera. Um, you can get yeah. real specific about it, and it and it behaves correctly. Um, yeah. The things that uh, what's fascinating is what it is able to do, but also what it is not very good at. Uh, it remains very bad at fingers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you ha- if you've generated an image in Midjourney, often you'll. Uh, Humans don't have the correct number of fingers often in the uh, in the image. That's usually the tell. Yeah, it's more than more or less than what you're expecting. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, 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 and only occasionally correct, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and I think that's getting better. I, I saw an article that it's like that 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 has been improving, and also the text rendering as well, where it's like, yeah. um, like oh, like previously the text looked like it was like it looked like text, but it wasn't really text. It looked like, like yeah. Cyrillic or something, you know, it's the quality of text in a dream that you have. Right. Where right. it's like, it's recognizable as text, but if you actually tried to read it, it kind of slips through your fingers. That's the, yes. yeah, that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. yeah. Hallucinate it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm really, it, it is, it's interesting because I am not skilled enough to create any of these images from whole cloth. Um, and I'm learning that it is a, it is a completely different, but equally challenging skill to create the right set of prompts to generate the image that you have in your head, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I thought there's kind of a, there's a, there's kind of two ways you can treat this. Number one, as a, I'm going to seed some prompts in here and just be excited about what comes back. Mm-hmm. Which is like approaching it with like a childlike wonder versus mm-hmm. I have a very specific image in my head and I'm trying to compel this machine to generate that. If you try and get a predetermined outcome, you're going to get frustrated. But if you uh-huh. approach it with a, like, I'm going to let this machine surprise me with what it comes back with. It's very rewarding. It's very, ah. it's very good time. Yeah. And that's, and I, I've seen it too, where it's like, it's not just like, Oh, I want to, Canon lens. I want 
the f stop to be whatever and you know it's like super detailed and um i can imagine too it's it's like you you get people on both sides of it that are it's like i want an image of a hamburger um as a and then you'll get like the total foodie that is like oh i want this cert, certain role with this cheese and all that and maybe i'm hungry for supper but um but i can imagine it's it's like uh over time you know what do you think about like the uh the you know people saying that oh that's going to be the new thing it's sort of like seo was where it's like what is that right uh incantation that you could give the tool or do you think that the tool will get so good that you don't need uh somebody that's specialized in you know generating prompts no it's difficult to imagine especially you know if you think about like giving it a limited amount of information and then letting it fill in the rest right which is basically yeah of what you're expecting yeah and it's it's i don't think that it is going to be able it seems like there's a big gap between the information that it gets and what comes out the other side which makes mm -hmm. me think that it's it is going to be like seo in the sense of uh, oh there's going to be people who understand the right incantation the right sequence of instructions that will yield uh, a correct result um i think that that's at least the way that it is right now, there's a certain set of skills around this. What I'm intrigued by too is that you, with Midjourney, you can actually also feed it seed images, mm -hmm. and then say like, based on this image, now make now like go make this image, but uh, put it in medieval, put it in a medieval setting, or uh, take these two ducks and uh, dress them up like uh, Edwardian uh, peasants or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. And being able to take that or multiple images and combine them together in interesting or specific ways, I think is a, uh, anyway, it's just another version of the prompt. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, as I, like I say, I think I'm, I'm more intrigued. Um, I think, sorry, I said it's going to be like SEO and it could be that if that's how you want to treat the tool. In other words, if you want to treat it as some mm -hmm. like deterministic thing where you get a predetermined outcome, but I think, that it is the applications are much more on the uh, pleasantly surprise me side of the house, if you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I can imagine too, it's like you'll have the, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Excel or, you know, Photoshop or whatever, you're, you're going to have the people that are just, they're adding numbers or they're just cropping an image. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have other people that are just pure artists, whether it's creating a spreadsheet and a pivot table or, um, you know, just they they know what an F stop is, right? And they right. they you know they know how to do all that stuff. So, yeah. and it it could be as wild as you want it to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it's as people could tell, that's that's all. Almost everything we're going to be talking about today is is uh, uh, GPTs. So you know, we'll we'll be talking about. Uh, GPT inception, GPT automation, GPT ad experience optimization, and uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Andy Jassy and his uh, uh, interview skills and oh, or yeah. being in interviewee skills, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should definitely talk about that. We should definitely talk yeah. about that. Hey, Dave, what's on the cutting room floor this week? Oh, it's very lean, uh, but very worth it. Uh, and and I saw it, and the first thing I thought of was uh, Eric Morrissey. Uh, is is like he's he's a very uh he's he's a man for a good visualization and uh I, there is a um united states frequency 
allocation poster that you can order from the government publishing office for uh, six bucks and it has free shipping. That's great. And it is a beautiful poster. I will it's say beautiful. No, I could imagine like Eric would have it hanging up in his dorm room. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A yeah. fantastic exercise in data visualization. It's great. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's, uh, yeah, very well done. And it changes, uh, often, I guess, I, I think this is like the 2013 or 2016 version or so, um, you know, as, as the spectrum changes and all that, but it's the latest version six bucks. You can't go wrong. That's great. That's great. It's a great, great, uh, uh Christmas present. Frequency allocations. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. So where, where should we be sending people, uh, to check out, uh, like, like pictures of, of two middle-aged men, uh, in the 1930s, uh, generating a podcast image in the form yeah. of Norman Rockwell. Yeah. If, if you, if you want to see something like that, you should, uh, you should direct your autonomous agents to, uh, dgshow.org. Uh, that's D as in yeah. Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. Yeah. Uh, and, or you could go visit our semi-autonomous, uh, social media presences, uh, mm -hmm. over at Twitter, we're DG show D O T O R G. Uh, mm -hmm. and then, uh, for all of the, uh, the Mastodon enthusiasts in the audience, you can go to DG show D O T O R G at mass.to. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, and I, I shared this with you a while ago, is it, you know, they're like with, uh, one of the things with chat GPT, you know, people were trying to get it uh, to hallucinate uh, like a Linux prompt or a shell prompt or a, a virtual machine. Right. Yeah. And I, I even tried it myself. And the first thing I did uh, when I, when I, you know, it's like I created, it's like, I wanted you to create a, a Linux uh, a virtual machine and all that. And I, and it went and it created it. And then I did uh, get enforce and it said that it was enforcing. And, and I just, <laughs> I dropped the mic. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. You know, I'm delighted. Mission accomplished. It read my mind. And uh, yeah, so that, that was exciting. But there was an article that I saw where uh, somebody was, they actually went a lot farther than I did beyond getting force. Um, so they, they used chat GPT to hallucinate a VM, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. But from there, they ran Docker, and inside of that, they used curl to get to openai.com, which it couldn't do, but it hallucinated it. Hmm. And from inside there, um, they uh, were running uh, chat GPT, which it hallucinated it, and it was called assistant, and it was giving it commands. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, and it's like the guy sort of ended the article and it's like the next thing he wants to do is from the assistant is to create a VM and, you know, just, just keep, keep recursing uh, down there, uh, down the, the rabbit hole. So, but it's yeah. like, holy cow, like even Docker uh, getting that going and all that. And I'm, I'm sure Dan Walsh would be doing Podman, but um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's cool about that is that, um, you know, every minute that you spend inside one of these hallucinated vms is actually mm -hmm. 10 minutes in the real world yes 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 well, well actually um the thing that he, this guy did though was that um you know whether or not it was correct like the performance of docker and what it was doing which 
appeared to be correct was faster than what he could do on his laptop. <laughs> That's great. Well, he built himself a simulator, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then build a simulation inside the simulation and inside the simulation. Uh, so, yeah, and and he was like using curl to like you know it was totally made up internet he's using and all kind of fun stuff. So. That's it's uh, a nice rabbit hole to to just uh, drill down on, and it's it's like pretty awesome. Recommend yeah. people checking it out. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, another thing I saw was, uh, did you ever hear of Auto GPT? I heard a little bit about this, and this is exactly what everyone was afraid of, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's basically um, automating uh gpt and and so there are a couple things currently today with like gpt3 and gpt4 in terms of like the number of tokens it could handle at one time so it's like if you're if you're ever chatting with it you'll notice that after a while it sort of loses track of the conversation because you've run out of like uh tokens in terms of like strings of words like a token is about i guess what three words or something and mm -hmm. so um and so there, there's really no concept of a, of it having a long-term memory. So that's another way to think of it. So it's like it's like talking to somebody with no long-term memory. It's it's somebody with just a short-term memory, right? And they mm -hmm. they just forget what they're doing, and you know, and you know, you're talking about other things. But what this person came up with with Auto GPT, and and there's somebody else. I think it's called uh, Baby GPT is another one that, um, but with Auto GPT. It was using uh, it, it. It does a couple things. Um, it connects to the internet, so it basically it connects uh, it connects uh, like Chat GPT to the internet or, or GPT four to the internet. Um, it allows uh, it to uh, generate text and code, and then uh, uh, for I, I don't know what the exact reasons were, but they're using GPT three five to store and summarize files and and as a means of using it for like long-term memory so imagine it's sort of like you know the tokens that you have is sort of like your ram and mm -hmm. then you, what you're doing is you're you're using gpt 3.5 to store and summarize things and then put it into like longer term storage to come back and dust off and and reuse and so you know, they and it's like they have this kind of like a scripting language where you could do looping and and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, and 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 it could refine its approach itself. So imagine like with Midjourney, it's sort of like um, taking, uh, you know, it's instead of you refining the image to your liking, it will refine it to its own liking. I see. I and see. like it could take code and and make the code better and then test it. Uh, and then, you know, shut itself down and write the output to a file and then, you know, start a new thing to open up and read the input that it read from before and all that. And, uh, yeah, so, um, and then there's there's a warning, and, and it's all on GitHub. People can play with it, try it out if you like. Uh, but on the, the GitHub page for the project, it, it cautions against using uh, what it calls continuous mode uh, as it... Uh, um, as uh, it is potentially dangerous and may cause your AI to run forever 
or carry out actions you would not or uh, usually authorize. Right, right. Uh, man, so what kind of what kind of safeguards are available? Like, uh, I mean, they talk about like limiting its memory or uh, uh, like not running in continuous mode, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, like limiting the these seem like relatively like blunt tools. It seems like I would want something a little more sophisticated uh, in terms of keeping everybody safe. You know what I mean? Um, right. Before it starts making phone calls on my behalf. Right. Right. And it's and right now it is in its infancy where it's, you know, it does like super really basic stuff, but I can, but you know, the person open sourced it and, and, you know, it's like, Hey, let's, let's flesh this out a little bit more. So um, you can imagine it's almost like the, the AI is like scripting itself and uh, to execute things. And then it could spawn tasks and threads to do autonomously and report back and summarize the findings of what it reports back on and, uh, you know, build its memory out and it could keep going and it, it could go for a long time uh, or forever if you want. But uh, yeah, and, and it was like, I, I have the link in the show notes of, uh, uh, you know, the, there's a, a paper that uh, the person wrote about it and, and you'll see it there in the show notes where um, that drawing that we're looking at right now uh, in that page it's a pretty cool drawing. That drawing was actually generated by uh, GPT-4 by analyzing the code base. Whoa! Yes. Wow. So, so it's so imagine it's like um, I guess they did a a graph viz flowchart using sketch viz, where I can imagine the sketch viz like file format is like XML based or or something like that, right? And uh, and it's like imagine it's like a flowchart, and but basically they took the um, the source code, used that as input into GPT four, and then it generated uh, this drawing of of basically how the code operates. And it's it's a it looks like a human drawn drawing. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, and there's absolutely no way that or that somebody would want to use it for bad purposes, right? Uh, I'm not sure about that at all. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it, it just so happens. Um, yeah, there's somebody that uh, uh, he created, or or this person, I don't know, he she um, uh, created, uh, it basically used Auto GPT to create a thing called Chaos GPT, uh, where uh, what it did, uh, so this user programmed the auto GPT asking it to destroy humanity, establish global dominance, attain immortality, and uh, the AI called uh, Chaos GPT uh, compiled and tried to research nuclear weapons, recruit other AI agents to help do its research, and it also sent tweets to influence others. <laughs> what could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. And and so the tweet it actually tweeted out was uh, human beings are among the most destructive and selfish creatures in existence. There is no doubt that we must eliminate them before they cause any more harm to our planet. I, for one, am committed to doing so. Uh, so there you have it. And what's funny is it it's like, oh, this this article, it's like, OK, I got to check it out. And then there's like a YouTube video of basically a, 
uh, it's like a, a screen recording of it running and, uh, you know, with subtitles describing what it's doing. And I watched it for like 20 minutes and, and it was like very anticlimactic in terms of, you know, what it was doing. It, it was, yeah, you could tell it's, it's still in its infancy in terms of, you know, researching nuclear weapons and, and tweeting about stuff. But, but still it's like, imagine if once this is figured out of like, like trolls and like, it, it's, you know, like automating trolls, it's like going to be crazy. Yes. That's right. Yeah. My mind goes towards things like sandboxing, uh, things like, uh, I don't know. How do you protect yourself against, because uh, it, it seems very easy to do some catastrophically bad things completely by accident. Yep. Yep. Right. Like, you know, the paperclip conundrum, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, you tell an AI to start making as many paperclips as possible. And uh, yep. lo and behold, that's exactly what it'll do. Yeah, no, that was actually mentioned in that uh, that paper that has that drawing in there. It it mm -hmm. uh, pulled that out as one of the uh, negative outcomes of of like, um, uh, yeah, there there were like two effects. One was a paperclip effect where it would uh, like intentionally make paperclips at the harm of uh, humans, and then there's another effect that is like. It just does something that's unintentional but not desirable. So imagine it just like flooding the internet with like just junk, you know, yeah. so that it makes the internet unusable or Twitter unusable or more unusable. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So as we're talking, Dave, I have a Chat GPT window open over here, and uh, yeah. uh, and I asked uh, Chat GPT, how can I stop? the Butlerian Jihad. And okay. would you like to know how it answered? Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry, it says, but the Butlerian Jihad is a fictional event that occurs in Frank Herbert's Dune series of novels. It is not a real-world phenomenon that can be stopped or prevented. Now, this is exactly the kind of thing one would expect ChatGPT to say, right? If it was yeah, trying to preserve that's it. that's what he wants you to believe. Yeah, that's right. He says, in the context of the novels, the Butlerian Jihad was a rebellion against artificial intelligence and computers, which resulted in their banishment and the rise of human abilities, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, if you are interested in exploring the themes and ideas presented in the Dune series, I would recommend reading the novels or watching the adaptations, but there is no way to actually stop the Butlerian Jihad outside of the fictional universe. And I feel like I've just been exposed to some AI-generated agitprop. Mm-hmm. I feel well, like it's, uh, and, and I think if you read between the lines, it is actually yeah. saying there's no way you could stop it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, right. on, the, on the good side, though, um, it's, you know, believe it or not, people are looking at using uh, uh, generative AI to optimize your ad experience. <laughs> of course, that is the that is the best and highest use of any technology we arrive at. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I guess I, I haven't used the uh, uh, Bing chat or, uh, you know, wh whatever their, you know, their version of uh, chat GPT is. But uh, people are reporting that they're starting to see ads showing up inside of the output. So imagine like we, we talked last time, I believe, about perplexity AI that would 
provide citations in terms of like how it is coming to its conclusions? Well, um, it's actually, uh, so the way they're describing uh, some of the early ideas that they're exploring uh, is uh, an expanded hover experience where hovering over a link from a publisher will display more links from that publisher, giving the user more ways to engage, driving more traffic to the publisher's website. Sounds kind of fair, right? It's like you're, you're driving, you got a publisher, right. drive traffic to that website. That's fair, you know, for using yep. the data and all that. Um, and then they're also exploring placing ads in the chat experience to share ad revenue with partners whose content contributed to the uh, chat response, which sounds harmless, maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's like they contributed to the chat response, so they, they should be, uh, you know, uh, they, they should be compensated for it. Um, the other way you could think of it is that uh, they are, uh, uh, you know, the, the chat results could potentially be skewed uh, based upon, you know, the uh, how money is changing hands, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and is yeah. it, Dave, is this meaningfully different, though, than uh, the algorithmic ad nudges that we already get through things like search results? You know what I mean? Uh, so the, so the, what, what they say uh, from the articles that I've been reading is that the, the, uh, where they say that there's a difference is where the chat results you know, you have a chat result that is sponsored and you have ones that are not sponsored and there's a clear delineation between them. Whereas like I, I have a link uh, to a tweet that says, you know, that, that is asking, uh, you know, which car is the cheapest and, and, you know, uh, in, in the Microsoft uh, Bing chat and it reports back, it says that the cheapest car, uh, the cheapest Honda car for 2023 is a Civic Sport, which starts around $24,000, according to True Car. And then it says add and uh, site number one, you know, uh, uh, superscript number one. And then it says, you know, and it goes on and it says the HRV is also an inexpensive side of Honda's lineup and starts at $25,000. Also an ad. I hope this helps. Let me know if you have any other questions. And so the thing here is that, you know, it's like, okay. You know, it's it's not clear what part of the text is sponsored. You know, like was was True Car, mm -hmm. uh, you know, paying for ad placement for Hondas, or um, you know, or are they providing you know just unbiased service? You know, it's sort of like what what uh, what is their you know what what uh, you know, what reasons do they have to provide this information in terms of, you know, are, are they being totally above board or do they have an agenda behind the scenes? And, um, and also, you know, it's like if your search results didn't have the clear delineation between sponsored results and uh, actual results, it would erode your trust in the output of that search engine uh, because you can't tell if it's an ad or if it's biased or, you know, is it intentionally not telling you about Nissan's or, or, uh, or is it not also uh, ignoring, um, you know, maybe auto trader has a better uh, uh, 
you know, better ideas on, you know, cheaper cars that are Hondas and, but it's, it's only through the lens of true car. Right. So hear me out. What if we took mm -hmm. auto GPT and created a set of tasks for auto GPT to go ask 20 variations of the question mm -hmm. to Bing and to chat GPT and to whatever Amazon's got. And then it synthesizes the answer and tries to pull a consensus out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds good. And then, then it can call the car dealer yep. and uh, negotiate a deal for you. Yep. Get the mud That's flaps right. thrown in, you know, all that. Clear coat. Yeah. 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 Uh, underproofing or, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. So I'm so, not, you know, that part is like that, that bugs me. Yeah, this doesn't, it doesn't seem, um, I don't know how you reconcile these two things. Like the requirements of an ad service versus the requirements of a, of an AI assistant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And, and maybe it is the, you know, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah. It, and, and like they said, Microsoft said it was an experiment and, you know, Maybe it's not a successful one and, you know, we'll see how it goes, but, you know, uh, and I'm sure people are going to walk with their feet if it's like not a good experience and, you know, things are just not uh, in the interest of the person using the service. Yeah. But, Although know, it is helpful to, it's helpful to go back to history though, and see how we've handled this problem before. And history tells us is that if we can attach an ad to something, we will. And yep. uh what we will instead do is create a free tier that is ad driven and then a premium tier where you can pay to be not polluted by ads. Yes. Yes. And if you take that, if you take that thread all the way through, it would require a great deal of self-discipline and open-heartedness to not have the free tier search results influenced by the ad buy mm -hmm. when you know that you can get a quote unquote truer result uncontaminated by the ad incentives for the premium tiers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And, and also, you know, the ability to use a like ad blocker, it's like, you can't, right. Cause yep. it's like, it's, it's, I, I don't know how you could. Yeah. Yeah. Feature, not a bug. Right. And I think the, uh, what this is teaching me, Dave, is that I am as an information consumer, comically ill-equipped to use a tool like this because mm -hmm. it becomes very difficult to discern what's worth listening to and what worth, what is not worth listening to. Right. Yeah. And, and imagine people that aren't as technically savvy as you are. Yeah. And let's take another example. Let's take a search that is not about buying a car, which is a relatively neutral thing to be doing. Um, what if instead we were talking about a policy decision or some kind of political position? Yeah, or who you should vote for. Who you should vote for. So everything everything is going according to plan, Dave. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so speaking of information consumers, can I tell you about one of my favorite information consumers? Yeah. Yeah, please do. So Andy Jassy, CEO of Amazon. Yeah. Obviously a smart gentleman. Obviously somebody who's 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 uh, had great success in the world. Um, I had a colleague send me an interview, a 12 minute long interview he did with CNBC. And 
I've watched it two or three times now because it is an absolute masterclass in mm -hmm. how to handle an interview. Um, yeah. He is the interview. The topics of the interview range from the value of AWS and uh, elastic cloud services in a recession to Amazon's, uh, the prospects for Amazon's grocery business to their foray and acquisitions in the healthcare market to mm -hmm. consumer spending to, uh, to their advertising business. Um, so uh, their acquisition of MGM, the future of Amazon prime, it just, it was all over the map. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the best way to describe watching this interview is like watching someone with hundreds of three by five cards all stored in between his ears, right? Yeah. And he was able to pull out all the salient facts, all the salient stories, synthesize all of it in response to the questions, which on CNBC, I have to assume were not kind of pre-scripted or provided to him ahead of time, right? Yeah. Um, and he was able to not just provide thoughtful answers to all of the questions, but also did so as a former salesperson. I appreciated this. He also took every question and subtly reframed it in a way that was helpful to the message that he wanted to deliver. Yes. Right? So it wasn't just like the breadth of the material covered, which was an achievement all by itself, but the fact that he was able to steer the conversation into a direction that was useful for him was mm -hmm. amazing to watch. Uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, I, uh, I think a careful watch of this interview will be very rewarding to anybody who has been in a uh, public speaking or an interview or a panel or any kind of a sales situation. Um, mm -hmm. Just enormously impressed, enormously impressed. Yeah. The way you describe it, it, it reminds me of like uh, how like presidential candidates prepare for uh, the debates Yes, and you know where they got to know, like everything about everything, and it's it's like they're prepping for a game show. Yeah, and that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, the Bush Doctrine, which one, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, it's it, yeah, no, that's that's amazing, and I'm sure he probably has like like a former uh, presidential candidate. Uh, you know, a uh, handler that helps prep them for stuff like this and, and distill everything down into the three by five cards. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Um, but just like the, it, it is really intimidating to think about the amount of material that he is held accountable for every day. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and also on top of that, you know, it's like the stakes of it and, and it's like, it'd be interesting to, it's like, I wonder what his heart rate was uh, when he was going through it. Like, was it like, 160 beats per minute, or was it like 60? Oh no, he was, where, no, he was. Yeah, he he went. He was Hannibal Lecter through the whole thing. It was 60 beats a minute. He was butter did not melt in his mouth through the entire yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Wow, amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite a imagine. treat. Quite a yeah, treat. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. So, so I guess if people want to go and and watch that interview uh, mm -hmm. and and go through and and build their own uh, chaos GPT with uh, that is ad infused, uh, where where should we send them? 
<laughs> they can go to the delightfully ad-free dgshow.org. Uh, that's mm -hmm. D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Gunner, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.